everyone. Welcome to Caught My Pod. I'm your host, Sarah Knightley. Joining me today is my guest host, player of video games, king of the Xbox, PlayStation, and the Switch, the first of his name, Pat. Welcome, Pat. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So today we'll be discussing season two yet again. This is kind of a bonus to a bonus episode. So give us a little bit of an idea of your kind of history with Game of Thrones, Pat. All right. So um, I was introduced to the show by my friends who a couple had read the books and then a couple were just like show watchers. Um, I think right after season two had finished airing. Uh, they came over, they brought over like the season one Blu-rays or whatever, and we started watching it. And I remember at the end of the first episode thinking, this is interesting, but is it like worth all like learning all these characters and everything? So uh, we kept going. And I think that first night we saw three episodes total, like we took a little breaks in between. But at the end of that third episode, I was like fully invested in it with the whole Ned Stark um, looking for... Uh, you know, the killer of uh, Aaron. John Aaron. John Aaron, yeah. <laughs> Name escapes me. <laughs> a lot of characters, like I said. Um, but yeah, like that yeah, whole mystery they, they behind it. a lot it. of characters at you. <laughs> yeah, that whole mystery behind it and like the deep lore and everything, it like really, like it took a while, but it really like got to me. And I think over the next week or whatever, I had marathoned season one and then season two. And then uh, season three was the first one that I had seen live. So right, um, like as it aired. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of became like yeah. a weekly thing where we would go over my buddy's house and we'd all watch and stuff and then discuss. Uh, and then it was end of season five with uh, John's death. Uh, big, big shock <laughs> uh, when that happened. Right. Uh, I'm like, I cannot wait another year. I need information now so i i went and i got on amazon bought all the books uh read through all of them and then you know i had not i didn't know this at the time but the books as much as uh george r R. martin had written end right at john's death as well so i didn't get any like more information from that (laughs) so i was kind of i was i was pretty disappointed but uh yeah like the show is great and i love it so yeah, but the books probably did satiate you, I guess, to a point where at least you got a, you get a lot in the books. I'm, people that have already listened to this uh, segment, these segments of the podcast that I'm doing know that, that I'm not, I haven't read the books yet. I'm trying to wait for the season to be, the series to be over. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, I love talking to book readers. And you're also a podcaster as well. You have your own podcast, right? Yeah, I uh, co-host a gaming podcast called The Untitled Gaming Podcast. We we're a little lazy with the name there. Um or <laughs> so, uh, we call I love it, it. <laughs> we could call it Tugpod for short, T U G P O D. Um yeah, so we just basically talk about like video games, uh we review games, we talk about our impressions of games that are coming out, and then um, you know, occasionally we'll talk about movies, TVs, like nerd culture in general. So Game of Thrones actually comes up a lot. Um Oh, so yeah. I'm sure. They have they have a couple of of games you can play actually. I'm playing one actually right now just uh through you know, the Play Store on Android. It's just a free game. I mean, you can spend money on it if you want, but it's it's pretty good. And then I know that Telltale has I am. one as mm-hmm. well for PlayStation and, and all that. So rest in peace, awesome. Telltale. <laughs> yeah. Do um, what? 
rest in peace telltale the the studio actually closed um, down earlier this year so yeah. or last year i guess <laughs> but yeah um yeah so if, if anybody listening is a fan of video games and like nerdy culture uh feel free to check us out yeah absolutely check him out so do you have do you have a website do you have are you on twitter yeah, you can find us at TugPod on Twitter, T-U-G-P-O-D. On uh, Instagram, we are T-U-G underscore P-O-D. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what we have right now, social media-wise. So. That's awesome. Yeah, Great. We're, oh, we're, uh, we're available on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all that. So. Great. So like any, any podcaster or podcaster, then people can find you. Awesome. Yep. Well, let's just kind of dive right in. Um, Addie, unfortunately, had to go right, kind of right in, um, not in the middle, but kind of towards the end of the last segment. So I kind of wanted to finish up. And I really appreciate you, Pat, for coming on and doing this with me. Uh, no problem. I never give up an opportunity to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so I kind of wanted to pick up with the kind of the warging slash comet incident that we have with Bran and Osha. Well, Osha sees it too. So the comet, I guess, is over several, well, everybody sees it, but particularly Danny and Bran kind of both see it. It looks like simultaneously the way that the scenes are kind of cut anyway. Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So um, like in the books, they kind of describe it. A little more uh the comet is actually one of the signs of like the azora high prophecy uh they said that he will be born under a red sky so people think like that red comet signifies that so um i think people have made like allusions to you know danny's funeral pyre where she was like reborn uh so she could be right. azora high like she fits that um, there's like a bunch of different people like saying like Stannis, like that red comet was above when he did his whole ceremony of accepting, um, the, the fire religion or whatever. So like he fits that in that way. So there's, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think you guys had talked about the whole prophecies in that last episode with Addy, um, regarding like, you know, um, the prophecies of the house of the undying and everything like that. And I think George R. R. Martin himself has said like prophecy is like a double edged sword, like, like a sword without a hilt, basically like you're going to get cut either way. So like you could basically mold any character's backstory to fit the Azor Ahai, like, well, not any character, but like most characters. Uh, I think the most famous example I've seen is, uh, Tommen's cat, uh, Sir Pounce, people have said, <laughs> yeah, they've gone through all the things and like he fits everything, uh, all the criteria right this way. So he's clearly a Zora High. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, I think it's his way of saying, um, George R. R. Martin's way of saying like, people look too much on this prophecy when there's many ways to interpret it. Right. I, I totally agree with that. What I, what I find interesting to you is how, like I'm saying that the way that this show plays it anyway is that it, it really looks like that Dan or Danny and Bran are seeing this at the same time, mm-hmm. the way that the scenes are cut and they both have interesting lines as well, where Bran tells Lewin that 
his dreams come true. And then Danny tells the Spice King the same thing, that her dreams come true. Yeah, so there's, like, parallels between those characters. And as we know, right. like, later on, like, both those characters are going to play a huge part in the end game. So. Yeah, because at this point in season in season two, I don't know how much of the previous show that you listened to, but I don't particularly like Danny's story at all in this season. I think it's kind of a throwaway story. I think it's a lot of filler. I think it's a lot of, it took a long time to do a lot of things with her that I thought were kind of ridiculous. Like why, why are we even like, I feel like that she shouldn't have even really been in this season at all, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I can see that like just with the show and like the books go into more detail about it. So right. um, I think the whole point of the whole, Karth storyline yes you have the prophecies and everything but um what happens is like Zara Zoe and Daxus offers to marry uh Daenerys and give her like her ships and everything and obviously we know from the rest of the season like that's a lie that he was telling her or whatever and right. it's it's Jorah Mormont who actually convinces her like if you go if you you if you marry him and you're basically returning to Westeros with this foreign um husband and like on the back of his ships like he will own your army like it won't be you you need to do this yourself this is how you become a ruler so it's kind of like playing into her story that like she's offered a way to get there quicker but she's going to take the more hard route because she needs to continue molding herself as a leader i think Right. And that's that, that does make sense. I never really looked at it like that. But yeah. yeah. It's it's I can explained understand much that, better that you that I guess they have to show you kind of her yeah, her journey to get to be the type of more or less independent leader that she ultimately becomes. Yeah, and then I think in Karth she also sees like the suffering of the slaves and everything, which automatic like that leads her to Marine and stuff, so like just right. more developing of her character. Plus, yeah, if, I she, can, if she I can came in, that. yeah, if she came into Westeros right away, then the story would be over by season three. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't think that she really would have lasted anyway. Yeah. If you if you think about, I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. Being the way that she is, she needs that. She needs that development. Yeah, definitely. Her dragons to, need time to grow. And to everything. be able to make, make the right decisions. Plus, she needs three grown dragons. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Which she doesn't have right now. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I've seen that uh, that whole take on Danny's story. Like, it's it's kind of boring at the beginning and, like, you know, yeah. all that. But, like like I said, the books go into more detail and really develop her character. So Yeah, I know that she's... She's obviously one one of the most popular characters. She's she's not one of my favorite characters. I'm, I wouldn't call myself like a Danny hater, but I'm kind of a I'm very skeptical. I think that I I think I would like her better if I had read the books. I don't like what they did with her character later in the series. I feel like once they went off book, things seemed to change with her. You can tell a huge difference in yeah. like, in what happens with her around season five it seemed like that she just starts to make horrible decisions and do really dumb things that she doesn't need to do. Just like what, I mean, you even said it yourself. 
Jorah had already basically convinced her in season two, like, you don't need a man. You don't need a husband. Mm-hmm. You need to do everything on your own. But then we get to season, you know, five and six, and she's looking for a husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a husband. And yeah. it's like, but no, you already decided that you didn't need that in season two. What is happening? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know what's happened with this character. Yeah. So, and, and the reason, like, the books have been like so late to come out is uh, George R. R. Martin has said he's, he's kind of stuck in this uh, Marine knot. Like he doesn't know how to get Danny out of Marine and still keep like all that character development because like the show kind of just rushes through it in season seven. Yeah. But very he, much. Yeah. He's like, she's so developed to care about like these slaves and like this, you know, all these cities in the East that she's freeing, like for her to just up and leave it's like a hard thing to write, you know? Right. But yeah. Ho- and then how she leaves Dario there is strange to me too. Yeah. He's probably not the best I, ruler. <laughs> I just, I just really think that that's going to come back to bite her. I really, I think that that's part, I, maybe that's part of her prophecy that he might be the betrayer. I know a lot of people are thinking that it's Tyrion, but I think it might be him. Yeah. Um, I, I might, he has an army. He ha- he has her army in Marine. So that's true. Um, he can I, very easily side with Cersei. I just don't know. Like, I I feel like the way the show has wrapped that up, I feel like we're not going to see Dario again because they only have yeah, what six be. six episodes left. Uh, so maybe that was just them saying like, oh, who she can, who can she put in charge? Dario, why not? And then just yeah, like, we'll just leave. There, it's fine. We've already replaced him once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is already just Dario number two. Nobody will care. Fine. Yeah. (laughs) We'll just move on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dario. Okay. Um, and then I just kind of wanted to talk about. So, who do we love to hate? There, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of characters in season two. I mean, I remember. The, the first time that I watched this season, I was like, wait, who? Oh, my gosh. Where's the remote? Like, I can I keep anybody straight. Like, I had to get on the wiki. I was like, I don't even know who these people are on the screen. They all look the same. They have similar names. Yeah. It, <laughs> what it is takes, happening? It definitely <laughs> takes multiple viewings to get all the characters right and everything. So, yeah. Right. So, who are some of the characters that you just can't even tolerate in season two? <laughs> Joffrey, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I think that he's at the top of everyone's list. Yeah, he's he's just so entitled. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Baratheon. I'm the king. And like, dude, no, you're not. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, like you're really none of those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Technically speaking. <laughs> I will give uh, a Jack, Jack Leeson some props there because he does a great job of playing a douchebag so. oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody can sit on a throne like him yeah. nobody yep. <laughs> not even a real king i uh, mean it's like damn you... <laughs> wow <laughs> did you come out with that attached to your ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's funny because i 
uh, I'm a big fan of like the Dark Knight series or the the movies or whatever. And I was rewatching Batman Begins, and he's actually the little kid that sees Batman like outside, and he's like, "Oh, it's Batman" or whatever, and he's like so like hopeful and stuff. And then like, because he's obviously not known for that role, so uh, right. I, I guess I didn't pay too much attention to him when Batman Begins came out, and then I saw Game of Thrones, and then I went back and saw Batman Begins, and I'm like, ah, he's such a douchebag. Like I hate that Me guy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I read something too that said that he he's not going to act anymore after doing this role. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I guess he's um he's a professor, like he teaches college. Really? Wow. Yeah. I guess that's it, what I read. I guess it would be hard to shake that whole like Joffrey look <laughs> and everything. Like people are automatically going <laughs> to associate you to that role. So. Yeah, I I don't know if he's like a natural blonde, but I might dye my hair and yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. get some glasses. Gr- I, I don't know. Beard. It's gotta be something you can do to change your look. Yeah. <laughs> they said that he was interesting on the set too. I read some stuff too about the way that that he would just the way that he was on the set that like he smoked a pipe. <laughs> so he he was a professor from just, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said he's a little odd, you know, on the set, but 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 super nice, of course, you know, to everybody. I think that all all the cast seemed to get along pretty well, but yeah, they said, they said that he was a little odd. Yeah, <laughs> with the pipe and you know, kind of kept to himself, but yeah, little inside baseball there. Of course, we think that Cersei is horrible. <laughs> she's, I mean. She's ratchet in this season i don't even <laughs> i just can't i mean i'm so a little <laughs> backstory about me i always relate more to like the villain characters um i, I took the harry potter test online and i am ha- house slytherin uh i love <laughs> i love the sith so um yeah just all around i like the villains better so i i can see they would totally be a sith lord would not in star wars <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Totally. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I just find her like, I can see her side of it, you know, like she's, she's well, trying yeah. to do everything for her kids. Uh, there's a little bit more backstory of her character from the books. I think they do go into a little bit more after season two um, with like that whole flashback to her going to see that um, yeah. the, the witch or whatever, but mm-hmm. it, like she gets her prophecy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so she, she wanted to marry Rhaegar. She was told she was going to marry Rhaegar and then Rhaegar, just like the King, first of all, um, uh, Aegon, uh, basically just like laughs in, uh, Tywin's face when he mentions this. Yeah. Oh, Eris. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, laughs in, uh, Tywin's face. Yeah. And then basically like says like you, my son would never marry a servant or whatever, like calling his (laughs) Yeah. He calls him a servant. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, she, like, uh, Ro- uh, Robert Baratheon kills um, Rhaegar, and then she ends up marrying uh, Robert, and Robert has always loved Lyanna Stark, so, like, there was never love between those two, and it was just a political marriage, so, you know, I can see. Right, but at the same time, Cersei 
you know, she's, she's a, she's a noble lady and she knows the game. I mean, she knows that in this world that she's from, that, that that's what's going to happen to you. You're, you're going to marry for political gain to advance your family. That's just what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, the likelihood of her marrying for love was slim to none anyway. And she, she would have known that. I mean, just, this, this is just the world of arranged marriages. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And there is, I mean, this is Disney where, you know, the princess is dragged in front of the whatever and she's kicking and screaming because she's in love with somebody else. That's not, that's not the world that, you know, Martin has created here. This is like, this is the way it's going to be. You know, yeah. she would have been raised that way. So, and I don't think that she ever necessarily was in love, quote unquote, with Rhaegar. I think that she... The idea I think that of Rhaegar. she's always been extremely selfish in... Yeah, like, she wanted to be queen above all. Like, I think right. that's... How, whatever that looked like. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, it didn't really matter how she got there. And being a Lannister, like, one of the wealthiest families, uh, she's obviously used to being treated a certain way and probably right. being, like, told she's the prettiest or, like, the best lady in the room. Right. And then she marries Robert and Robert's like, I think one of the scenes in the book is like, he's drunk and he's like calling her by Leona's name and, you know, basically saying like, like I wanted her and only her and you're just like the person I'm stuck with or whatever. So she's like, it's that, uh, the idea that she thinks that she's like the top and then Robert like won't love her even though she thinks she's entitled to that love. I don't know. It's, it's right. a weird situation, but I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's def she's very complicated. Thursday is very complicated because there are times when you, when you really do get glimpses of her, not really humanity, but because like I said, she's, she's always just about herself. Everything is about her, but there's an interesting scene between her and Tyrion. My favorite scenes are between the two of them. I think that they're the best actors on the show, and I think that they're great. But there's an interesting scene with the two of them where she's genuinely upset about Joffrey. Like, she knows what has happened. She's understanding that she's lost control of him, that nobody has control of him anymore. And Stannis is literally like, you know knocking at the gate and Tyrion's explaining this to her. And he's like, you know, you, you've lost control of him. And she just kind of breaks down and she, she starts to cry. And Tyrion kind of is like, Oh, um, he kind of like inches forward, like to comfort her. <laughs> he doesn't really know what to do, but she's genuinely having like kind of a meltdown and, and crying. And so he kind of like gets closer to her and she's, she sees him trying to comfort her and she just looks at him with like this disgusted look on her face. Like, don't touch me, you know? And then, so it's like, you have that brief moment with her where you're like, Oh, okay. She is a human, but then she does that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Oh, that's right. No, she's not. She is really evil. I think it's that like <laughs> the, the, the showing of the weakness thing is really something she's not good at. Um, right. Like, she doesn't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, like yeah, like she was. She's technically a few minutes older than uh, uh, Jamie, so she's saying like, "I'm, you know, the oldest, like, right. of 
you know, all of Tywin's children. So I want to prove myself to Tywin and show that like I am worthy of, you know, his like admiration and all this. Uh, so I can kind of see her side of it and that whole like crying over Joffrey and everything. And even in Blackwater, you see her sitting with Tommen ready to give him poison because she doesn't want him to, to suffer when Stannis gets in and everything like in her own twisted way, she does care about her children. Right. It's just, it's very sick. Like you said, and twisted yeah. way that we're, that we're getting to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she's really probably the most like Tywin. And I think that she resents the fact that she's a woman. She just does. You can tell, I mean, she even says it. Yeah. She, she can't stand the fact that she's female and not male. And she lives in this world where, you know, she doesn't have any power. She does. She just, she doesn't realize the power that she has. She thinks that like she tells Santa, well, the power that we have is just between our legs. And it's like, well, that may be true, but you know, Cersei's not stupid. And you know, she she makes a lot of moves on her own. I mean, she's she's on the throne right now. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Not really by happenstance either. I mean, she made moves and pretty much got there on her own. Yeah, she definitely knows how to play the game. So. Yeah, yeah. and not just you know using what's between her legs like she tells Santa. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Shay for a minute too, talking about using what's in between your legs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Some people really really hate her. I put her on my hate list and I put like a little question mark there because people, I think, hate her because of ultimately what she does, obviously, what happens. Yeah. But season three. People hated her really from the beginning. Like, what is is Shay in the books? Yeah, Shay is in the books, and okay. it's very it's pretty much the same storyline. Like that's they're pretty true to that. So um, yeah, I think when she start, like I think at a moment, like early on, they did really love each other, her and Tyrion, and you know all that. But I think she feels betrayed because she's jealous of Sansa marrying Tyrion and all this. So that's kind of what leads her to it. Like Tyrion keeps pushing her away to try and keep her safe, like understandably because, right? you know, her life is literally in danger. It's just, she doesn't understand that as much, I think. And she just sees him as being scared for no reason. And that's why she just says, fuck it to Tyrion and bangs Tywin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big mistake there, boo. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like, Tyrion says the same exact thing to her that Ned Stark says to his daughters all the time. Like, Tyrion's constantly telling, we've come to a dangerous place. He's saying the same <laughs> it's yeah. the same exact line, which I, I find that interesting, too, that he says the same thing to her. Yeah, And then she ultimately winds up being Sansa's handmaiden. Yeah, I think because she, she grew up, like, poor and everything, and... Or I guess not. But do we really know that? Do the, so do the books really go into who she is? Because the show does not. I guess, yeah, not really. Like, we, we don't know for sure. But, like, she, she isn't a noble is what I'm saying. She's she's from, I think, Volantis or something. Uh, like, basically somewhere 
not of Westeros and she right. is not familiar with those noble customs and because she's like she has the knife and everything you see her like she can defend herself physically i just don't think she's she does she takes kind of like the threats of like the royals for granted and doesn't realize like the political like backstabbing and everything that's going on right how much danger she's really in so yeah because i know when they play that game when her brawn and period are all you know in the tent when brawn first steals her (laughs) yeah (laughs) someone which i find hilarious that (laughs) just cracks me up every single time that I see that episode with Bronn just like sitting there. He's sitting on like what, like a desk or something that's like in Tyrion's tent, and then there's Shade just kind of meandering around. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like watching her, and then here comes Tyrion trotting in, and he's like, uh, "Oh, oh, oh, uh, well, where did you get her from?" And he's like, "Oh, I took her." <laughs> some lord or some knight or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like she, like she's a pack of gum or something. Oh, I just took her. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, can he take her back? I mean, like, <laughs> you just be like taking people. Like, what are you doing? This cracks me up. But no, when they're all there, like playing that game, she, Tyrion says, "Oh, you're, you're from a low, you know, you're low born, or, or your mother was a whore, or whatever he says." And she's like, "Drink," and makes him drink. And then she gets like really kind of upset and offended, and is like, "Don't talk about my parents." Because he, yeah. like, continues to kind of ask her, you know, questions about who she is and where she's from and all that. And then she gets, like, really pissed and is like, don't ask, you know, don't ask me about my parents anymore. And then the game's kind of over. And then we don't really find out who she is. So, yeah, I've always just kind of been curious about that. Yeah, I wonder don't... if Tywin really knew who she was. Probably not. He probably just thought she was another whore that Tyrion was sleeping with or whatever. So... Yeah. I don't think he even thought anything wrong with like, yeah, I'll, it's my turn now or whatever. Um, but yeah, like knowing their relationship, like Tyrion and uh, Shay's relationship. And then Tywin does that. And like Shay does that. Like you can kind of see Tyrion's reaction is kind of justified. I think maybe yeah. not, maybe not murder, but <laughs> well, Yeah. That's Game of Thrones. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Talisa. Now, Talisa is not in the books. She's kind of replacing Jane Westerling, correct? Yeah. So For the it's, series. A, it's a different character. And I think they didn't think Jane Westerling was super important, but uh, she may end up being. There's a lot of theories that people are having uh, based on the books, like, you know, she's actually pregnant and like Jane Westerling survives, you know, the red wedding and everything because she's not there. But, uh, yeah, in, in the show, I guess they're just like, she's probably not going to be important. Let's just make her someone else. You don't need this whole backstory on the Westerlings or anything. Um, and you kind of see like, cause like in the books, Rob doesn't have a point of view chapter. So you don't really see because he's away and then he comes back with married to Jane Westerling. We don't see how that happened. Um, so in the books, I think they wanted to develop the, like the romance between Talisa and Rob and like how that would happen and how he could forsake vows for her or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I never liked any of this. 
because again, I'm I'm going back to how it to me this just doesn't make any sense. Rob would have known better than to do this. I think it's you it, know, yeah. In, in the show, it's more like he's doing this for love or whatever. In the books, the way it's because we don't actually get that first person view of it, but the way he describes it to his mother is that he he's wounded at a battle, um, you know, near the like the Westerling Castle or whatever, and uh, he gets wounded, and she's the one who's helping heal him. So she's like, you know, like cleaning out the wound and like all that, and then naturally that just leads to them sleeping with each other, and. <laughs> him being because sure that's what happens (laughs) yeah i I don't know but um rob being the son of eddard like that honorable thing like the starks are very honor is very like high to them and stuff so uh him being honorable saying like you know i i've slept with her i need to marry her so that's what he ends up doing and in that in his mind that's right because otherwise he'd be like wronging her and I know he's like, he's already promised marriage to one of the Frey daughters or whatever, but he, he it's just that whole honor thing. And it's kind of like that, uh, he grew up with Eddard and he knows like, that's the way he was raised. So that's what he thinks is right. Which is a big flaw with the Starks, I think. But then again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, because I'm... here, because here's the deal. Like the whole reason why he entered into that agreement with the phrase was was to cross in time to save you need them Mm -hmm. you have to move an army across there and you don't pardon the pun but you don't really want to cross the phrase just like what his mother tells him like you don't you don't want to mess with these people you need to you need to do what you what you've agreed to do with them yeah and and that's because kinda... they're not they're not honorable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're not Ned Stark. So you need to do what you have said that you're going to do. Do whatever you're going to do with with Talisa. I mean, whatever. Like no one's going to know is the way that I look at it. Who's going to know? Uh, her and him, I guess, would know. As long as he didn't knock her up, what's the big deal? Yeah, I don't know. It's just. The honorable thing to do in his eyes, so. Not, like, moving your army <laughs> a- across the bridge and, like, not dying. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> That's not honorable either, just for a lay. I mean, I don't know. It's just... I just hate this whole thing. It just... It makes no sense to me. I hate it. Yeah. Like, I... it makes no sense to me, story-wise. It's yeah. like, wait, this would not happen with somebody like him. Like, with everything else that's going on, he would not... That's just not what would happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just, like, a regular... You know, he's not, like, a regular guy. He, he, you know, he's... The king in the north. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got responsibilities here. He can't just be throwing everything away for, like I said, for some chick. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and... I, I understand that whole like thing, but it, it does speak to like the whole Stark, you know, honor the stupid is the Stark one thing. gene that they yeah. all have. <laughs> pretty much, and that's why the Lannisters won this season. Pretty much, 
<laughs> run roughshod over the Starks all the time until like season six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Varys. Varys definitely makes some moves in this season, and it, it, he's really butting up to Tyrion quite a bit in this season. I never really noticed how they're kind of besties. <laughs> yeah. I never really noticed that until this rewatch. Yeah. Um, I think Varys also, like, he always has a plan in the back of his mind, and he may think Tyrion is a friend, but everything he's doing is, like, a political move, you know? Because... In the books, this is way more like, I'm not going to go into all this because it includes characters that aren't even in the show and everything, but he is, everything he's doing is to put like a certain person on the throne and you kind of like, once you read not only the, the main series, there's side books like the, the Duncan egg tales and everything that go into more detail and stuff. But yeah, he's been plotting since the beginning, him and Baelish and not together, but, but yeah, like, he sees T- Tyrion as a, a means to an end, I think. Sure. Well, it kind of looks like that he sees Tyrion as a potential ally. Yeah. It looks like to me for while the time watching being. this. I, tentatively. But it looks like that he can see that Tyrion's not stupid. And he's not vicious like the other Lannisters are. Yeah, and I think the main difference between... Varys and Baelish is Baelish is doing everything for personal gain to be the one on the throne himself. Uh, what Varys is doing is to try and get the best person on the throne for the good of the realm. Like he literally cares about yeah, he does. the people. Whereas Baelish is just like, I'm going to be the one sitting on the throne, even if it's, you know, over like a starving populace that have been like <laughs> war ravaged and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like their relationship. I I like Tyrion and and Ferris's relationship. It I think that this is also kind of foreshadowing their relationship later where Varys ultimately pretty much saves Tyrion and gets him out of King's Landing. I yeah. think this is definitely laying the groundwork for you know, for their I guess for a loosely loose kind of friendship that that yeah. they have, if you can really call if anybody is really friends <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and like, he knows like Tyrion is going to be a positive influence on uh, Danny down the line. So getting, right. getting them together, getting them talking, getting him basically be her hand of the King later on. Like, I think this is all. Yeah, I mean, you can tell here. that that's his, I mean, do you think that his long game is putting Danny on the throne? You think that was his long game the whole time? Yeah, in the show, definitely. In in the books, there's another character uh, who he wants on the throne. So, but yeah, I think in the, not her. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of just briefly go over this. In in the in the books, there is another Targaryen who's still out there. Um, a secret Targaryen. Uh, the the basically in the last book that came out, the Dance with Dragons, it's revealed that Varys snuck out uh, the son of Rhaegar Targaryen, Aegon, as he is called, and uh, basically took him to live with Illyrio Mopatis, um, back in like Volantis, the cheesemonger or whatever, um, 
from season one. He's the one who introduces Danny to the Dothraki and kind of gets that marriage. Right. He everything. brokers that marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So he snuck uh, Aegon out and Aegon is being shaped to be a king ever since he was born. Like he's being taught history, um, like, you know, no- nobility, uh, like how to like war tactics, all this stuff he's reading. They're basically shaping him to be the best ruler Westeros can ever have. And it's theorized in the books that his plan was to get Danny to invade with uh, the uh, Dothraki to destabilize the nation. And once they're at war with each other, they're kind of like, you know, everybody's in pieces. Maybe Danny ends up winning like the throne. Uh, that's when Aegon comes back to reclaim Westeros from these foreign invaders. And then everybody can rally behind him because he's the rightful son of Rhaegar and all this. But again, that's like going super deep into the books and like theories and everything. Yeah. But because yeah. that's his son with Elia Martell. Yes, correct? exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's that's what's going on in the books. I think they kind of just took that motivation and they put it towards Danny in the show because they're like, we only have like a couple seasons left. We don't want to like confuse people with this whole backstory right. and everything. So yeah, we don't have time for like, oh, a secret Targaryen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because if you get on Reddit, that's what everybody... Oh, it's Jack and Hagar is, is a secret <laughs> Targ, and Arya is a, a Targ. Everybody's a Targ. Yeah. <laughs> like, and come on, guys. Just yeah. stop. People, people are <laughs> saying, like... Already. People are saying Tyrion's a Targaryen and all this stuff. Like, my... Yeah, it's like... <sighs> my way of okay, thinking... This is, this is getting very Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Calm down, people. <laughs> Not everybody's a toaster. All right, just let's let's chill out. <laughs> yeah. So, like, my way of thinking is like, we know John is actually the son of Rhaegar and uh, Lyanna Stark, right? Like, that's confirmed in the in the show now. Um, and right, you know, it hasn't been fully confirmed in the books, but we expect that to be like that's where they got it from. So that's one secret Targaryen. So one secret Targaryen is a great twist that you're building up to and everything, but two is just lazy writing and let alone three or four. Like seriously, <laughs> like I said, now everybody suddenly is it's like, yeah. okay, just no, please don't do that. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure all the time that we've invested and then that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't make me get stabby. <laughs> yeah. So what do we think about Melisandre? She's kind of a, a, Personally, I've liked her from the beginning, but I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people do hate her. What what do you what do you think about her? I don't hate her, but I don't necessarily like her either. I, I find her very interesting as a character, and like, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what her motivation is. Like, why is she supporting Stannis? Like, how did she come into contact with Stannis and all this? But right. That, that whole like mystical element and that religion with uh, Relore and everything is, is very interesting. So it's, it's cool to see like, like I still don't know what she's doing. Like we know, like even currently like in the show, she's like, I have to go back to, um, I forget where she says, but she has to go back East to do something. But her ultimate, like, uh, the ending of her story is to die in Westeros. So we don't know like what's going to happen, but I'm very interested to see 
how her story plays out. Yeah, I guess it's something to do with Dragonstone. Is I think is why she's there, and and that's where Stannis is, and it's almost like it's almost like they could possibly all be worshiping that same god. Yeah, that she worships. She could be correct because if you look up their religions, and and they're they're all supposedly worshiping something different, but they all kind of have the same central. I mean, they're all shits. They're all cunts, like what, <laughs> like what Bronn says. All their gods are horrible, but they all seem to have the same central belief to them. Yeah. Even, even Jack and Hagar mentioned something that Miriam Mazdur says. He says only life can pay for death. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both worshiping two different gods, but they're both having the same. Yeah, and like later in, 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 I think, season six or whatever, when we're actually at the the House of Black and White, uh, Jack and Agar, or a person with Jack and Agar's face, basically says, like, you know, the the seven, uh, the one true, like, the God of Light or the Lord of Light and uh, all these other gods, they're all just faces of the one true God. Like, there's only one God, and he has the many faces that people worship, so... I mean, that could be, that could be the truth. You never know. Right. It's almost like, like I'm saying, like they're all kind of, they don't realize it. And maybe Melisandre realizes it, but she's really, really terrible at reading these, (laughs) these predictions. (laughs) She's not very good at it. She's the worst actually at it. And I think that she, she finally has come to admit that, that she really doesn't know for sure yeah and i like i like her her kind of story arc is kind of the same as as thoros as his story arc we we haven't met him yet in this season but thoros never he never really even believed in the god that he supposedly worships and he's supposed to be a priest but he can continuously bring beric back over and over and over again and Melisandre can't bring John back until she doesn't really believe anymore. Yeah. So there's like some type of connection with, I guess, non-belief, if that makes any sense. (laughs) If you see where I'm going with that. (laughs) Yeah, like kind of being at like your lowest point to bring out the ability to do this. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, her story's interesting. So I'm excited to see. Where yeah, what happens her. with her for sure? Because mm-hmm. she says that she's going to come back, so I I think we're probably going to see her in season eight. So yeah. who who do we love to love? So who are like our favorite side characters right now so far? Um, Bron Bron's always great. <laughs> His one liners. <laughs> Bron's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is a good time. Yeah. I love that scene with him and the hound. That's one of my favorite scenes. Which one again? Where the hound basically kind of backs him down and just kind of tells him, you know, you, you're, all you do is like, you know, you drink and you fuck and you sing songs and you think that you're great, but really you're just a killer like everybody else, like me. 
you know, and that's really what you like to do. And he kind of challenges them and Bronn doesn't really back down. They kind of get interrupted. <laughs> oh, right before <laughs> the battle of Blackwater. Yeah. 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 Who do you think would win that fight? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a hard move to make. Cause Bron and the Bro- hound, he would win. <laughs> Bron's going to fight dirty, but so is the hound. So is the hound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would be a good yeah. fight, so I'd be down They're to see really that. They're gonna fight dirty for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know who wins that. That that would be a hard one to bet on, for sure. Mm-hmm. I really like Roz too. Roz is actually she. She's one of my favorites, and yeah. I really love the scene with Tyrion and Cersei, where Cersei thinks that she's caught Tyrion's whore. And yeah, turns out it's Roz. Bless her heart. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of like share and that Tyrion, look. <laughs> Tyrion has to kind of like hold this look of you know horror on his face when really you can see like behind it is relief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that it's not Shay. <laughs> yeah, and Rose is actually like an original character. She's not in the books. They do take elements of some of the like the side characters in the books and kind of give her that story, like the whole. Um, being confused with Shay, that's somebody else in the books, but overall her, oh, like, that's cool. yeah, her original story, like how she was in, uh, Winterfell and then kind of like moved to King's Landing and then kind of rose to power and everything. That's like completely original. So like, that's one of the characters that they added, which I think they did a great job with. Yeah, for sure. If she's, if she's an original character, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That is interesting. Yeah. So I really like um I like the I kinda like the Spice King. I know I put him on my list of people that I hate, but I kinda like him. Well I put a little question mark beside his name, but I do like him. I rewatched some episodes yesterday and I was like, This guy cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> the way that he just like constantly puts Danny in her place all the time, I think that it's great because we don't really get to see a lot of that. And whenever it happens, I like to savor it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she cut just coming off like this ritual where she survived and she got three dragons and everything. Like, it's nice to see her getting like humbled and like that doesn't go to her head. Like, yeah, we know you're important, but right now you don't have much. So you need to like kind of just take what you can get. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so great how, yeah, how he is with her. And I really love Davos, too. I, I like Davos and Stannis' relationship. Yeah. Like, him being, like, the level-headed, like, person to Stannis, you know. Yeah, he really does not like Melisandre. Davos doesn't. He really is just like, can we please get rid of her? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Why is she here? Yeah, he does he does not like like her at all. And I find that interesting too, that obviously Davos is picking up on something that Stannis is just like. And I think there is some fear there, like especially after that scene in the cave where she gives birth to a demon shadow that <laughs> kills Renly. Shadow baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. So I think he is like. Yeah. And Stannis like won't even listen to him at all. He's like, no, 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 dude. Like seriously, that was, you got to listen to me about this. And Stannis is like all hand wavy about it. Like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
please go away. It's fine. It's like, no, seriously, you need to hear this. Although he does <laughs> listen to her and doesn't, or d- listens to Davos and doesn't bring Melisandre to the Battle of Blackwater, which that's true. Some say might be his downfall at that point, but that's true. He, yeah, I think that that's probably why they lost. Honestly, yeah, you can. But I don't see- know. I mean, what could she do against Wildfire, though? I mean, maybe she could have like seen where the wildfire was because that was kind of like a surprise to them or like i don't know just true or seeing that they were gonna do that or yeah Yeah. i don't but i don't know like stannis has always been an interesting character to me because he's like of two minds especially in the book like he's like i don't want to be king like this is i'm not doing this because i want to be king i'm doing it because it's my duty i am the oldest after robert died and he didn't have an heir because you know, they're the product of incest. So like literally I'm doing this because it's my duty. Like that's his whole like thing. And he doesn't want to kill Renly, but he's like, this is what I need to do. So he, it's, it's an interesting, you know, to see like his, the way yeah. he's thinking. Kind of dichotomy that he finds himself in. Yeah. The show really doesn't play him like that. The show really plays him like he wants to be king. Yeah. Like, he wants to. He thinks that he, that it's his right and he wants it. Mm -hmm. But that's interesting that you bring up Renly because then that can lead us into our next segment about um, who do we hate to lose. Speaking of Renly. (laughs) Yeah. Something that I love, uh, what really drew me into the show, something that I really love about it is they, they, they do these crazy things that are just so against the typical way that a show is written. (laughs) Like, the proper way to watch TV Game of Thrones is like, ah, we're not going to do any of that. I mean, they literally opened the episode with Renly being killed. That's literally how it opened. Yeah. That's the first scene. <laughs> yeah, they definitely <laughs> play off of your... What is happening? <laughs> your expectations, yeah. Even on, like, later on, I, I'm sure you'll talk about this in season seven. Um, but with the death of... Uh, where... Uh, or I guess it's season six where Ramsey kills, um, what's his face? The youngest Stark. God, I can't think of his name. Rickon? Rickon, yes. <laughs> where, yeah. he, where he's running and they show like three arrows and you're like, <laughs> like the rule of three. You're like, okay, the third arrow missed. That's fine. And they, they don't show him like getting another arrow ready. So you don't expect it. But when it comes through and it kills him like there's that moment where you're like he might survive john might get to him and then no he's dead like this show very much plays with your expectations very much so yeah and renly was renly was really it was expected because we obviously saw like you know shadow baby being born so we knew that stannis was cooking up something but i i i didn't expect that yeah the way that it was done and for it to be like the very first scene just out the gate boom he's dead and you're like well okay yeah (laughs) the main character here we go again with ned stark seriously come on guys (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah what are we gonna do after this but you know there's so many moments like that on the show like (laughs) when i first started watching it like wait what did they really just do that yeah, like when I first started watching it, I'm like, okay, this is a show about Ned Stark, you know, 
getting corruption like uprooted out of King's Landing and like, you know, it's his story and then he dies and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's about, it's a revenge story about his son, Rob coming and like avenging him and writing everything. And then Rob dies and I was just like broken. I'm like, damn it. Like, like who do I root I for know. now? <laughs> like, what's going to happen now? Yeah. That's why I like the Lannisters. Cause they don't die as much. <laughs> Yeah, well, they have been lately. <laughs> yeah, but and some more te- some more terrible deaths in, in in this season were was what Joffrey did. Even Cersei wasn't willing to go down this road. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, Joffrey killing babies—that that's very biblical. Let's just calm down. Yeah, let's take it down a notch. <laughs> a bit extreme yeah and I like how Tyrion you can almost tell that like Tyrion was like he really thought that it was her he really thought that she did it and she was just kind of like kind of side eyeing him like that wasn't me boo (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like oh that wasn't you okay great this kid is nuts that kind (laughs) of in my mind that kind of shows like he does suspect that he's not the rightful heir. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's almost like he yeah. wants to believe that he is Robert's true son. And if he believes right. enough, it'll be true. Yeah. If he eliminates everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, yep, yep. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Yorin was bad too. I, d- I didn't like to see Yorin go. And I thought that it was terrible the way that Jamie killed his own cousin just trying to get back to his love like i, I can try to get back to his sister lover whatever <laughs> gross yeah <laughs> i mean he's been in a cage for that long he's desperate i can see his side <laughs> jamie's That's what he says <laughs> jamie's like, my I'm favorite not cut out to be held in chains this is, <laughs> no i can't do this much longer he does yeah. apologize to him before he kills him right oh so that makes it okay <laughs> all right yeah, uh, Roderick was terrible too. I I hated this is this is reminds me. Anytime I try to feel sorry for Theon, I'm like, oh, that's right. You are a cunt. <laughs> yeah, I I hate Theon so much. <laughs> me too. I can't stand him. I I don't care if he did lose his peen. He's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> he's just the worst. He has no redeeming qualities. I just don't. Yeah, don't try to convince me yeah. anybody because no, he's awful. Like, like, how is he still alive? Some Somebody uh, killed Theon. Thank you. I don't even know. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't even know. I hated to see Eerie go too. Eerie, who is, you know, Danny's handmaiden. I hated to see that too. Yeah. With, I thought that, that that really sucked. I didn't really see a need for that. I would have liked to have seen her on the show, you know, a lot, a lot longer. Yeah. Because I did, I did really... I liked her. I thought that she would have, cause she was like really like, you know, true, like a true, you know, supporter and everything of Danny and would have like really taken care of her. I felt like. Yeah. Mathos was sad too. Davos, son when he died. Because yeah. I guess that's his only son, right? He doesn't, there's nobody else. So I'm not a hundred percent sure in the show if, if that's how they play it. I know in the books he does have other sons. So, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That that is his yeah, I'm not old, really, eldest. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. I know on the show, I mean, this is the only one that they talk about. So I, he does mention having a wife. Yeah. Somewhere, so I, I guess. I think he has three. Okay, so that's three, interesting. So he does have more sons than in the books. Yeah, he think he might have three or four in the books, but again, they're not major characters, and yeah, you know, Mathos dying right. is a big plot point in the books as well. So, yeah, and then of course, Maester Lewin. Now, does he die this way in the books as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they they suck true to that then, but my two favorite deaths were Doria and Zaros on Doxos. I got to give it to Danny. That was pretty badass. Yep, just locking them <laughs> in the vault. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was. I got to say that that I gave her a lot of shit this episode, but that but that was that was pretty that was pretty badass. So, who do we think won the season? Who do you think won the season? I'd have to say Tywin Lannister, just because that Battle of Blackwater was such a huge win. They essentially crushed the war you know like at least with the stannis threat is pretty much gone at that point his whole navy was blown and i know that was Tyrion's idea but credit is going to go to tywin because he's the one who came in at the last second and you know saved everybody or whatever so i'd have to go with yeah definitely tywin yeah with tywin yeah i can I can really agree with that, actually, because it. I was going to say Tyrion, but I think that you've almost convinced me of Tywin because he he made some huge, some major moves. Yeah. This season, he really did. There was a lot of like moving parts and pieces that he really kept together and kept in line. Yeah. And I feel like that, yeah, that he probably advanced his game the most. Yeah, getting the uh, the support of the Tyrells that happens this season with like you know the Tyrells helping siege the castle when Stannis comes in and then um you can you can kind of just assume that he is making moves right now for everything that plays out in the next season you know starting to form an alliance oh, yeah. with Roos and the phrase and everything yeah yeah Ty- Tywin has long game for sure yeah because I was gonna say Tyrion like I said but Tyrion wouldn't have even been where he was if it hadn't have been for Tywin because he's the one that sent him to King's Landing in the first place yeah so, yeah. The whole... Uh, I agree. The wildfire thing was, like, a major part of that battle. Uh, but, like, Tyrion never gets credit for that. Like, as we see in the later yeah. seasons, he's, like, yelling at, at his trial and everything. He's like, I saved you. I saved all of you. And, like, <laughs> people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, you didn't. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He, he totally did. That's kind of why I was going to give him, you know, crown him the winner because because of that. But but he wouldn't have even been there, like I said, if it hadn't been for Tywin. Because Tywin seemed to have a lot of balls in the air at the same time and was able to keep every keep everything together. Yep. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that was pretty much it. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell the listeners again where they can follow you? 
Yeah, so uh, I co-host the Untitled Gaming Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at TugPod, T-U-G-P-O-D, or on Instagram at T-U-G underscore P-O-D. And we can be found on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all the major sources. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pat. Thanks for being on the show. No problem.